Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to Off in the S's, a podcast focusing on the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I'm your host, Stu, and on today's show, all four GTP cars hit the track together for the first time ahead of January's Rolex 24, and Porsche's customer cars will be delayed. I'll talk about why and when we might expect to see them on the grid. Just a short time ago, IMSA held their very first sanctioned test for all four of the new GTP manufacturers. There were nine cars total that took part in the test on the GTP side. We'll talk about the other ones in just a moment here. But there were two Porsche Penske Motorsport 963s, two BMW MRLL Hybrid V8s, the two Acura ARX06s for Meyer Shank Racing and Wayne Taylor Racing, and three Cadillac VLMDHs, two of them being for Chip Ganassi and one of them being for Action Express Racing. Now, the GTP cars were not the only cars that were present for this two-day test at Daytona. There were also some LMP2 cars there to help with the stratification process. Tower Motorsports, PR1 Matheson Motorsports, and TDS Racing all had LMP2 cars out on track running over the course of the two days. And Sports Car 365 reported that each team was given a slightly different guidelines from which they were to work with that would affect their performance and how they paced versus the LMDH cars. As you also might recall, there are three new GTD cars that will be present on the IMSA grid in 2023, starting with the Ferrari 296 GT3. AF Corsa was there to test the car. For Porsche, testing the new Type 992 GT3R was FAP Motorsports. And Iron Lynx was there running the new Lamborghini Huracan GT3 Evo 2. Now, over the course of the two-day test, there was 19 total hours of available track time, starting as early as 9 a.m. and wrapping up by 9 p.m. And this would allow manufacturers to get plenty of time on track, compare themselves a little bit to one another, and work through some of the planned testing programs, and ultimately to give IMSA some more data to work off of. Now, starting off with Acura and the ARX06, as I mentioned, both Meyershank Racing and Wayne Taylor Racing were both present for the test, with actually Meyershank Racing revealing this great livery for the 2023 season. Now, it looks quite similar to their 2022 livery, but with some slight adjustments in there. It's still heavy pink, white, and blue, but uh, really just a nice livery here, and really great to see uh, a livery, an actual race livery, on this Acura. Now overall, Acura was pretty quiet when it comes to news and notes coming out of this test, with the exception of that Meyershank racing livery. But uh, where they weren't quiet was on the track. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but they set one of the fast, they actually set the fastest time in the test. Also, it was revealed by Honda Performance Development President Kevin Fu, as he told Sports Car 365 that a 24 hour test was never a focus for Acura in the development of the ARX06. Now let's just think about that for a minute. You're developing a car that you want to run at the Rolex, the Rolex 24 hours, the Sebring 12 hours. I assume at some point you're going to want to slap a Honda badge on that and go over and and race in the World Endurance Championship, specifically in the the 24 hours of Le Mans. Why wouldn't a 24-hour test you think be valuable in in this situation? I personally can't think of it, um, but if you have any ideas, let me know down in the comments below. I think 
this is a nice way of saying that either they were too rushed to be able to uh, put time aside for the 24-hour test. We know that there was plenty of issues getting track time at various tracks um, around North America. Or it still could be completely possible that they weren't at a point soon enough with uh, with engineering and working out bugs that they felt like they could complete a 24-hour test ahead of January and the Rolex 24. Regardless though, enough criticism about Acura. I think that car still looks great and clearly they have shown some nice pace with it, albeit just an early on testing session, but still some positives to take away from them as they head into January. BMW, the second manufacturer that we'll talk about here, they had their full roster of seven, yes, only seven, BMW Team RLL drivers were present. They're still deciding if they're going to add an eighth driver uh, for the Rolex 24, so keep your eyes and ears peeled for news on that in the coming weeks. And for the first time, BMW brought two chassis for the test with introducing into the environment their first race chassis. Now, since this is the first race chassis that they, they brought in and they were able to shake it down over the course of the test, they are running two cars in 2023, and the second race chassis is going to be introduced onto the racetrack for the first time in a mid-December test. It has also been learned now that BMW was the team at Sebring that had their planned 24-hour test cut short due to mechanical issues. LMDH project leader Maurizio Lichuta confirmed to SportsCar365 that at Sebring we had a gearbox failure caused by a failure of the hybrid gear drive. There's a bearing in there which broke, and we discovered it was perhaps not 100%. He also confirmed that ahead of the Rolex 24, there's not really another realistic opportunity for them to get in a long test, equivalent to the 24-hour test that they were planning on running. So we finally got to figure out who the team was. It was it was between Acura and BMW on who had to leave that Sebring test, but now we have confirmation that it was BMW, and it does sound like this isn't an issue that is going to plague them for long, just a small issue in the hybrid system uh, that they have been able to resolve, and they did also mention that it's no longer a concern of theirs. But really the bigger problem for them is, is it took away that 24-hour testing opportunity. Think about how many kilometers, how many miles um, teams have been able to cover. Porsche, Cadillac have been able to cover in these long 24-hour plus tests. It's a lot of kilometers, lots of other issues you can find and resolve in that time. And uh, it's unfortunate for BMW that they're not going to have the opportunity to complete one of those tests. Moving on to Cadillac now, they had their full roster, both Chip Ganassi Racing and Action Express Racing had their full roster of GTP drivers for the upcoming IMSA season on site getting track time in this test. Cadillac also revealed that they will release their livery to the world, their race livery to the world in January on Instagram as well as their website. They have, of course, continued to run their testing livery ever since that car was revealed over the summer. Now, BMW was not the only manufacturer that brought a new chassis to this test. Chip Ganassi also brought a new Cadillac chassis that um, that will become the race chassis for the 01 entry. This race chassis was shaken down on the final day of testing, and they focused most of their effort on their testing chassis 
chassis that they continued to use throughout the two-day test. This is also the first time that they've had multiple chassis to work with in one testing session. Another new brand new chassis, another new brand new race chassis actually, is set to be delivered to the team ahead of the roar before the 24 to be shaken down. Dane Cameron, Matt Campbell, Michael Christensen, Matthew Jaminet, Felipe Nazar, and Nick Tandy shared the number 7 and the number 963 Porsche 963 LMDH cars over the test. Now the number 963 was run purely for promotional marketing purposes and it will be rebranded to the number 6 car when it goes racing. That number 963 chassis is a race chassis and this test was just the second time that Porsche has been able to field two cars on track at the same time in their North American testing phase. Now that first race chassis that's numbered the 963, it actually hit the track for the first time a week prior in a Porsche test at Homestead Miami Speedway, of course on the road course. In this test, Porsche also revealed their two race liveries and the slight differences that there will be between them. The noticeable difference will be that the number six entry will feature white stripes throughout the car. Meanwhile, the number seven entry will be featuring black stripes. And perhaps one of the biggest pieces of news coming from this test was actually that those Porsche 963 customer cars are not going to be delivered to customers until the end of April. Porsche LMDH director Earls Corradle confirmed that the customer cars will not be ready until the end of April. Now this means that JDC Miller Motorsports and Proton Competition will likely not even be in possession of their cars until after round three on the IMSA calendar. This does set the stage for a round four Laguna Seca debut for those 963 customer cars. Now, Cradle did also confirm that teams were well aware of this April timeline when they signed on to purchase the cars. And he also mentioned that these delays are due to the supply chain system. Where have we heard that before recently? Now, I touched on it briefly earlier how fast Acura was and actually setting the fastest time over the weekend. However, it should be noted that no official times were released from the session. IMSA was not publicly releasing this data. However, based on reports coming out of the test, Cadillac also dipped down uh, into the 135s along with Acura. However, there was also reports of drivers lifting down the straightaways to make it more difficult for teams to try and sneak some of this timing in. So it's going to give us a very, it's very difficult for us to gauge the pace of these cars at this time. We don't know what kind of testing programs that they were going through. IMSA, of course, has access to all of this data, but uh, we don't really get a great idea of the true pace of these cars, really, until the green flag waves for the Rolex. IMSA also mentioned a few things about tires that made for interesting notes. The GTP category will require teams to double stint their tires, uh, with Michelin working together with IMSA and with the teams to produce a tire that will perform at a very high level for multiple stints. Also mentioned was a potential second compound of tire that could be made available for LMDH teams during the Rolex due to the massive swings in temperatures between the nighttime running and the daytime running for these cars. Now, if this is something that's implemented for Daytona, you would have, there are two other races that immediately come to mind where this could be implemented. The two other 
truly long races, the two other double-digit long races on the calendar, being the Sebring 12-hour and the Petit Le Mans at the end of the season. Of course, it's very well known that Sebring begins in the late morning and concludes in the dark of evening, and given that that is also in Florida, and uh, about a month and a half after the Rolex, you'd have to think that IMSA would look at implementing that compound of, the multiple compounds of tires for that race as well, if they do indeed go this route. And and also Petit Le Mans comes to mind. You know, we we talked about it previous seasons where the, the temperatures were hovering around freezing as it dipped into the nighttime hours and just how poor the performance of those tires were for the first couple of laps. Could we see Michelin bring this second compound of tire to three of the longest races on the calendar? That is going to wrap this one up though, but before you go, make sure that you are subscribed on your favorite podcasting app so that you never miss an episode. You can also follow along and interact with us on Twitter or on YouTube at Off in the S's. Once again, thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone has a great race weekend. It doesn't go off in the S's.